morning, church. It is so, so good to be here with you. Are you ready to worship? Are you ready to praise God this morning? Amen. Would you stand? Would you stand and let's give God praise for what He's done? And give Him the worship for all He's done. We give you worship this morning, God. Let's sing. I was buried beneath my shame. It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my
Amen. Uh, go ahead and have a seat. If you don't mind, we're um, going to take communion together as a community of faith right now. And sometimes when we sing songs like that where we exalt the, we lift God's name high, sometimes if you're like me, maybe you come in and you've had a hard week or a hard life, <laughs> hard month, um, and it's hard to sing those words or sing those songs. Um, and sometimes it might be hard to even thank God to give thanksgiving. And yet, today, as we take communion together as a community of faith, I want to remind us that we can indeed, as followers of Jesus, give thanks to God in all things, as the Scriptures say. Not because of our circumstances, per se, because we might be facing some really hard, difficult circumstances in life. I don't know what those are for you, but despite those circumstances, despite um, the difficulties that we might face, we can... Remember, as we come to take communion together, we can remember our Heavenly Father sending His one and only Son, Jesus, to come to this earth. As we'll celebrate here in a, in a few weeks together with uh, Holy Week and Easter Sunday, we'll, we'll celebrate Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection so that we can exalt His name, so that in difficult circumstances in life, we can give thanksgiving. We can thank God for the miracle of new life, a miracle of grace and mercy, for peace and joy, no matter what we're going through. So this morning, as we take communion together, I just want to remind us of the ability that we have as followers of Jesus to give thanks to our Heavenly Father, no matter what circumstances we're facing in life. So if you have a communion cup, if you wouldn't mind opening it with us, Top off, and together we'll take the piece of bread representing Jesus' body, which is broken for each of us. And then together we take the cup of thanksgiving, which represents Jesus' blood, which is shed for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Some of us come in here and it's easy to sing songs and exalt you. It's easy to give thanksgiving. And some of us come in here and it's not so easy. We're not even sure if we believe at all. And yet you have us here for a purpose and for a reason this morning. And together we give thanks. Thank you, God, for sending your one and only Son here to earth. Thank you for the miracle of resurrection and new life. We give you thanks. We give you honor. We give you glory. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, if we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Thanks for being here this morning. If you're online, thanks for joining us. Uh, the mission here at Outer West Community Church is to draw people closer to each other and to Jesus Christ. Uh, a couple of things going on in our community uh, that are exciting that we want to talk about this morning real briefly. Uh, if you didn't notice, we're, we're kicking off Serve San Antonio or Serve SA this week. Um, yeah, we can. Thank you. Um, 
we won't clap yet because it depends how many people are going to stay after service, and then we'll clap. <laughs> uh, so we have 5,000 bags that we're going to be handing out to neighbors around our church this morning, and our lead pastor, Alan Thomas, will talk about that here in a few moments. But just want to encourage you to uh, already mentally think about the fact that you're going to be here about 45 to an hour uh, longer this morning as we disseminate, as we pass out these food bags to our neighbors around us. And there are lots of other opportunities for you to join what God is doing through Serve SA. And so go to our website, outerwest.org slash serve SA, or go to our app and go to the signups page. There's lots of different opportunities on there um, in, in, in an effort for us as a community of faith to serve our local mission partners and the, God, the work that God is doing through them this week. The other announcement, or other thing I want to invite you to, and I want everyone to really uh, hopefully come to this Food Truck Friday this Friday night, St. Patrick's Day. It'll be 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, we're going hard on this one, guys, because it's going to be a really great event. We have um, games for the little kids. We have games for the students. We have obstacle courses for the students, adults. We got you a mechanical bull um, that kids can also ride. So it, what could go wrong? Um, you guys ride a mechanical bull. But we have uh, pickleball. We'll have board games. We have lots of different things going on. Uh, so I want you to come. There'll be food trucks. And um, consider bringing your non-perishable uh, food items back on, good, on, um, on Food Truck Friday. It'll be a good time celebrating all the work that God has done uh, through our community. So uh, we can't wait to see you um, after service today, but also Friday night, 5 to 8 p.m. It'll be a great time celebrating together. Uh, that's it from me. Um, uh, Alan Thomas, our lead pastor, is in part three of a sermon series um, on mission. And I want to encourage you or ask you to stand up and say hi to the person. Hey, Outer West Church family watching us online from wherever you're at. Thank you for tuning in week in and week out. We'd love to get to know you. And so if you're interested in meeting any of our staff or our elders, go on outerwest.org and you can connect with us. Our info is on there. If you want to take next steps, text this number on our screen and we'd love to connect with you. Most of all, as you're watching online this morning, we hope that this message helps you draw closer to Jesus. guys, both 9.30, 11 a.m. services. If you're watching online, traveling for spring break, wherever you're at, thank you for tuning in online as well. My name is Alan. I serve as one of the pastors here at West Community Church. Thank you for being here. If this is your first time, thanks for being here. It's going to be a, a little bit of a different Sunday, but an exciting Sunday. And I want to take a moment to highlight the last two weeks, because we're finishing up a sermon series today called All the Ends, and we've been looking at what it means to be on mission in our church in our city and across the world, and just want to celebrate uh, our church for a moment as well. So two weeks ago, we started off the series with our Global Mission Sunday, and um, we came back from Guatemala that week. We had a team that came back. We shared some of what God uh, did in Guatemala, and then I asked, um, uh, we talked about some child sponsorship opportunities that we had, and we needed 50 children, 50 additional children to be sponsored, and 40, 48 of those children were sponsored that week by families here at Outer West, so thank you so much for all of you 
who sponsored and chose to sponsor the children in Guatemala and Acomal Uno. And so combining with last year's child sponsorship initiative, Outer West Community Church is sponsoring over 150 children in Guatemala. And that's amazing. And then last week, we had um, our Serve Sunday and Baptism Sunday. Uh, we had 23 people get baptized last Sunday right here. I celebrate that and the life change that we see in people's lives. And then afterwards, we had a little talk, and I asked some of you guys if you would consider taking some next steps. And we had 67 people step up to volunteer in one of our Serve teams. So thank you so much for every single person that's taken a next step. You can continue to do that. If you're interested, just let someone know in the lobby or talk to one of our staff or pastors. And today, we're going to end off uh, this series, our mission series, All the Ends of the Earth, uh, with serving our beautiful city of San Antonio. I don't know how long you've been here, but I've been in San Antonio just for about six years now. When I first moved to San Antonio, I knew nothing about the city. All I knew was the Spurs were from San Antonio. That's the only thing I knew. In fact, I told some of my friends in New York I was moving to San Antonio, and they said, okay, do you need to get a horse now so you can travel around? I said, no, it's not like that. And so I don't know what brings you to San Antonio or why you're here, uh, but I've adjusted to the city. I love this city. And I want to tell you a little bit about our city and how all of us can serve our city together and God's heart for the cities that he's placed us in. So here's a couple of fun facts about San Antonio. It is the seventh largest city in the United States. So it's a big, massive city, no horses, there's cars here. Uh, second stat here, the only large city of the top ten with a majority-minority population. So 65% of San Antonio is Hispanic or Latino. Let's give it up for all the Hispanics. Thank you for, thank you for adopting me as your own at times. Uh, I appreciate it. Here's another stat. One of the fastest-growing cities in America in the last three years. In fact, in between 2020 and 2021, more, more people moved to San Antonio than any other city in the entire United States. I hear another stat about the specific area that we're in, Alamo Ranch. Alamo Ranch grew by over 300% in the last decade. 300%. In fact, there's a pretty cool uh, article out about it, and you can see what this, what this area looked like 10 years ago and now and just how uh, it's been thriving and growing, and it's a lot of the reasons why many of you have moved to this area. And uh, here's another stat. It's one of the oldest cities in America. It was founded in 1718. It is the 12th oldest city in America. So some... Pretty cool stats about this beautiful city that we find ourselves in. And here's the last stat. It's not on the screen in front of you, but best breakfast tacos in the entire world, right? Also, some pretty good barbecue, surprisingly, in San Antonio. I could probably go on and on, but a beautiful city that we find ourselves in. And there are probably different groups of you here this morning. Some of you are born and raised here. You've never left San Antonio. You should probably get out a little bit, but this is your city. This is where you're from. You're diehard. You're gonna, you were born here and you're going to die here. Some of you, um, you moved here and now this is your home. You call San Antonio your home. Some of you are transient. You're here for work, maybe for a few years. Maybe you're military here and you know you're going to be here for a, few, for a few years, but then you might move on to another city. Some of you moved here for economic reasons. Economic reasons brought you here from other states. Um, some of you may be watching online from another city, because San Antonio is your home and you plan on moving back or you're just passionate about the city and love our church. And so whatever it is, whatever reason it is that you're here this morning, here's what I want you to know. None of us truly belong to this city or any other city 
for that matter. This comes a little bit more natural to me because uh, I grew up in India. I was born in India. I lived in India for eight years. We moved to Houston for a year. Then we lived in Dallas for three years. Then I lived in New York for 15 years. And now I'm in San Antonio for six years. So it's really hard when it comes to picking your favorite sports team. Like, who do I pick? I'm all over the place. But it comes natural to me to be not of one specific place. In fact, when I first moved from India to America, the United States government considered me a resident alien. And now I'm a U.S. citizen, but at one point I was considered a resident alien. And that term actually is still appropriate for me. It's actually appropriate for each and every single one of us, because all of us find ourselves, if we follow Jesus and are part of his kingdom, we are not of the world, but we are in this world, so we are considered resident aliens or ambassadors. And today we're going to spend some time looking at God's purpose for all of us who find ourselves in a world that we don't truly and forever belong to. And we're going to look at the book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah chapter 29 is where we'll be um, Before we go to that scripture, let me give you a little bit of context about Jeremiah. So, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, the Israelites have been taken captives, and they are in exile in Babylon. Now, this is a recurring theme with the people of God and the Israelites, and what's happened is that God gives his people very specific instructions on how to follow him and how to be faithful to him, and his people, the Israelites, they keep breaking those laws, and they keep becoming unfaithful to him. So God, he raises up opposition. He raises up countries and leaders and kings. And oftentimes what happened is that they would be taken as captives by these other countries, and God would use these kings in these moments they were in exiles to remind them of who their God truly was and how faithful he is to them. And so this is where we pick up in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. And here is how this chapter starts. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests and the prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar the king had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this letter goes out to all the people that Nebuchadnezzar the king had carried from Jerusalem to exile. And then, I want to point out an interesting fact here. We jump to verse 4. Here's what it says. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those who I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So Jeremiah starts off this chapter by saying, this letter is written to everyone who the king had carried into Babylon. But then as he writes his letter from, from God's perspective, he says, it is God who brought his people into exile. So which one was it? Was it the king that brought the Israelites into captivity, into Babylon, or was it God who did it? And here's the answer. It was both. See, it was for socioeconomic reasons that the Israelites were brought into Babylon. They were taken captive. There was a war that was going on, but God still had a purpose for them being in exile. That's why he says, I've carried you into exile. So here's what this means for us. You might think that the reasons that you find yourself in a city or a place is because of economic reasons or by chance that you were born here or that your parents moved here. But no matter why it is that you're here, when it comes to God and when we follow God, there is a purpose to the places that God has brought us to. There is a purpose to the placement of God. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we continue to dive in. And so, what was the purpose for God's people as he brought them to Babylon, a foreign place, a strange land? Here's what it says, verse 5. Build houses 
settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. In other words, be residents. Be a part of the world. Build, eat, increase in number. And this would have been a surprising message for the people of God because oftentimes God calls His people to be a peculiar people. But here God in Babylon tells His people to be a part of the city, to be a part of Babylon and to grow in there. And so there's, this, there's often this misconception when it comes to us Christians and those who follow Jesus because we know that we don't belong to the world. And so in return, we try and distance ourselves from the world specifically the cities and towns and the people that populate the cities and towns that we find ourselves in. Jesus actually talks about this in his final prayer on earth. John chapter 17, verse 14. Here's what he says. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am not of the world. And so Jesus says the message that we've been given, the message that you and I have been given, the world will hate us because of it. It's a different message. It's counter to the values of the world. It's in opposition to the ways of the world. And so we often take this to mean that we should have nothing to do with the world. But here's what Jesus says in the next verse. My prayer, though, is not that you take, as I am not of it, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So Jesus, in his final prayer, prays, God, I pray that you would not take them out of this world, but you would protect them in this world. Jesus never advocates for us to be full-time escapists from the world, to retreat from all the world has to offer. We've seen in history church leaders and fathers retreat from the world forever, permanently, in order to find God. And yes, there are moments for us to retreat, moments for us to get away and be on our own, but it's for the purpose of us returning to the world full of God's Spirit. So moments of solitude and prayer and meditation, these are not an end, but a means to an end. And the end is for us to live out our Christian life in the ordinary ways of the world, in our work, the day-to-day living. So the purpose that Jesus prays over us in His final prayer is that they are not of the world, but I pray that as they're in the world that you would protect them as they live out what you call them to live out. This is what Jesus prays in his final prayer. This is the balance of being resident aliens. Do not take them out of it, but protect them while they're in it. Jesus not only ended his ministry with this message, he also began his ministry with the same message. See, Jesus begins his ministry, he steps on the scene, and he preaches the Sermon on the Mount. The greatest message ever preached. We did a series on the Beatitudes, the first part of that sermon a few weeks ago. And Jesus starts off with these countercultural values. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. He begins to outline these countercultural values, and look what Jesus says right after that. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evils against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. So Jesus 
outlines these countercultural values, and then he says that you are to expect opposition and persecution. But we typically, again, take this, and in return, we turn around and view everyone else in the world, the persecutors, the insulters, the ones that are against our values and ideologies and principles, and we view them as others and separate, and we distance ourselves from them. But look what Jesus does in the next verse. He says, but you, even though you'll be ridiculed and persecuted, you are salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Because you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So Jesus promises opposition from the world, and he says, we do not belong to the world, but he never advocates an escape from the world. Instead, he said, we should be salt of the earth. We should add to the earth. We should season the earth. We're salt of the earth. We're supposed to be a light, a light that's not hidden under a lamp, but a light that's visible to every single person that glorifies our Father in heaven. And so this is the balance that is to be lived out by each and every one of us who are resident aliens. We live in the world, adding to the world, existing in the world, but awaiting as exiles a future home. We're not supposed to abandon this world, but we're supposed to thrive in it. And this is what it means to be missional people. This is what it means to be a missional church. And this is how we define mission here at Outer West. Mission is us joining God in the renewal and restoration of the physical, emotional, spiritual needs of those who are outside the four walls of Outer West Community Church. We're resident aliens. We don't belong, but we should exist in this world to help it flourish and thrive. So let's look back at Jeremiah's letters to the Babylonians. I want to read that passage again as he writes uh, to the Israelites in Babylon, as he writes the purpose that God has for them again. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there and do not decrease. And look at this last part of this purpose behind the Israelites being in a foreign land in exile. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you to. Some translations say, seek the welfare of the city that I have carried you to. And that literal Hebrew word there is shalom. And that word shalom is hard to translate into the English language, but it is this all-encompassing flourishing that we're desiring for the city that God has us in. So to seek the shalom of the city means that you'd want it to economically, psychologically, spiritually, socially flourish. Seek the prosperity and peace, shalom, of the city to which I have carried you to. 
Tim Keller is a pastor out of New York City, and he has this church planting network called City to City. He does a great job of talking about the importance of cities, and he says that the cities in the world are growing more than rural areas. People are coming to the cities. We see that in our city here in San Antonio as well. And the church has a part to play where God has placed us in these cities. So you may be here in San Antonio for different reasons. Maybe God brought you here for different reasons. But know that there is a purpose to, be, to you being here, even if it's just for a specific season of time. What would it look like for you to seek the peace and prosperity of the cities that God has brought you into. This is counter to what we often feel and want to live out, but a lot lot of times this is about what we need, right? Seek our own peace. Seek our own prosperity. But to be on mission, Jesus says, you are to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Of this beautiful city, of San Antonio. And here's also what I want to say. When Jeremiah begins this letter, he says this, this is the letter that's been written to the surviving elders, to the priests, to the prophets. And so some of you guys stop right there and say, well, that's reserved for the pastors and elders and staff members. No, he says, to all the people that were carried into the city. So this means this is not just a missional task reserved for pastors or elders or staff members. Sorry to break it to you. This is a God-given, Jesus-breathed mission for every single person that follows Him. To be salt and light wherever He's placed us. So this means that no matter what it is that you do for a living, maybe you're in the military, maybe you're in the medical field, maybe you're a teacher, maybe you make coffee for a living, maybe you're a landscaper, maybe you're a full-time parent, maybe you're a student, Know this, this city, the city that God has brought you to, God has placed you in, is a mission field for this specific season of your life. Wherever He's placed you is your mission field. The people that you encounter in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, in your homes, that is your mission field. What would it look like for you to seek the prosperity and peace of those that God has placed around you? Jesus, in his ministry, there's a scholar that did a study on this, and he found that Jesus had 132 touch points or interactions with people in his ministry that are recorded in the Gospels. He probably had other touch points that are not recorded in the Gospels, but 132 interactions with people. Only 10 of those happened in a synagogue or a temple. Only 10 of 132 interactions that Jesus had happened inside of a church. The other 122 happened outside of the four walls of the temple, or for our context, the church. What would that number look like for you and I? I have a hunch that it's probably reversed. Some of us are very comfortable in the church, but not so comfortable in the world that God has placed us in. Some of us... Let's be honest, we're comfortable, we like church people, we like being in the church, except when someone sits in our self-assigned seats, right? We like church people for the most part, we like conferences, we like the books, we like the authors, we like the worship teams, but get around some co-workers that are dropping F-bombs every other sentence, we get a little uncomfortable, some of you just raised your head, got your attention, we get a little uncomfortable, 
What would it look like for us to view every single place that God puts our feet, to view that as a mission field, to view that as an opportunity for us to show someone the love of Jesus? What would that look like for you in your life? What would that look like for us as a church? I shared some stats about San Antonio earlier, and I want to share some other stats about this beautiful city that we find ourselves in. San Antonio has the highest poverty rate in America per capita. The highest poverty rate in the entire country, tied with another city, I think it's Miami. 18 to 20 percent of people here in San Antonio live under the poverty level. Here's what the poverty level is right now in America. It's one person making $12,000 a year. It's a family of four making $26,000 a year. So one out of five people about in our city, this beautiful city that God has placed us in with purpose, live under the poverty level. There are 375,000 individuals in this area of San Antonio who are food insecure. And here's what this means. It means they're unsure when or if they'll have their next meal. This sounds a little shocking, right? Like, we're in San Antonio. We're in this beautiful building. We've all got good clothes on and nice cars that we drive. One out of five people, I think we've gotten too comfortable separating ourselves from the one out of five at times. Almost 400,000 people in our city don't know when they'll have their next meal. What an opportunity and what a privilege for us, church, to seek the peace and prosperity of this beautiful city that God has placed us in. And we can't solve all the problems of our city, but it's one of the reasons that we do this yearly thing called Serve San Antonio, Serve SA. It's an opportunity for each of us as Jesus followers and those of us who call Outer West Church our home church to come alongside the folks that we find around us. What would it look like for us as a church to seek the shalom of the city that God has placed us in? So here's what Serb SA is going to look like this next week. And I want to invite you to ask God how he's leading you to partnering with his kingdom work to seek the prosperity and peace of the city that you're in. So there's three things that we're going to do. Here's the first thing that we're going to do. Dan mentioned it earlier. We're going to start by trying to address this issue of food insecurity in our city and trying to address this issue in a small way, the poverty level in the city. And there are some amazing local organizations that are doing this on a full-time basis that we partner with. And we're going to partner with them. And one of those organizations is the SA Food Bank. It's one of the largest food banks in the entire country. And so here's what we're going to do. After service, if you're up for it, and I hope you're up for it, we're going to pass out 5,000 bags to neighborhoods in the 78253 area code. Let's be real, the 78253 area code is not under the poverty level. There's probably very few people that are trying to identify when their next meal is. And so we're going to pass out bags, and on every bag is stapled instructions. It has all the stats that I just mentioned about San Antonio. It has instructions for them to drop off in those bags non-perishable food items. Every single person has non-perishable food items in our homes. And so then they get to return the bags to our church, or we'll even go pick it up for them. But our goal is to fill 5,000 bags full of non-perishable food items that we can pass on to the food bank, who in return will feed our neighbors and the people in our city facing food insecurity. 
We're also going to collect $5,000. So you can do that by going on outerwest.org slash serve essay. And here's where, where all of this, every single dollar will go towards. One dollar will help provide seven meals. One dollar will help provide seven meals. So we're trying to raise $5,000. If you do the math, we're trying to provide 35,000 meals to the people in our city. So maybe God's calling you to just simply grab a bag and we'll give you instructions out there. We're going to go in teams and to just let our neighbors know you don't even have to talk to them. You're just dropping it off on their doorsteps. Maybe God's calling you to contribute. We've received about $1,500 so far. We're trying to get to that $5,000, which will provide 35,000 meals. We're also going to be doing an Outer West food drive. That means that I'm asking each and every one of you, part, people do, who are part of our church, who call Outer West their home church, to bring in non-perishable food items starting today all the way through next Sunday. So you may have seen when you walk in, we have those red containers. You can come in and drop off items in there. If you go on outerwest.org slash serve essay, it'll tell you what type of food items we're looking for. Those are three steps for you to take today. Would you invite God to asking, would you invite God and ask Him, God, where can I take a next step in seeking the shalom and peace of my city in a small and unique way. The second thing that we're going to do is this week, we're going to serve our city. So every single day this week, we have service opportunities to serve in a community kitchen, to help pack, to help prepare. And so if you go on outerwest.org slash serve essay, you'll see all the opportunities there. We have opportunities starting early morning and in the evenings as well. And I want to encourage you there's never a good time to go and serve, right? Like, there's never a good time to drop what you're doing and go help someone else in need. But it's what we're called to do. And so would you consider serving at our West Art Works by Serve Essay? And then on Friday, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate all the food that comes in, all the donations that come in, and we're going to thank God, and we're going to glorify God through our small deeds of helping our neighbors in need. And I simply ask, that you'd invite God into your lives and simply ask God this morning, God, where are you calling me to take a next step? I want you to bow your heads as I pray for us this morning. And I want to pray over this initiative this morning as well. God, we thank you. Oftentimes we can be in our own world or in our own heads, but there are so many opportunities around us. And as we close out our series on mission this morning, as we focus on our city, we thank you for this beautiful city that you've placed us in, San Antonio. One of the fastest growing in the country. This area that's flourishing and thriving. We thank you that all of us have food to eat, clothes to wear, cars to drive. And for those of us that don't, God, Thank you that you're a God who provides and you're the God who uses his church, the called out ones, your followers to serve those who are least and lost and last in our city. So I pray for this entire initiative. We can put words up, we can put numbers up, but unless your spirit breathes through this movement, this initiative, God, it is done in vain. So would you help us to do our small part to help Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which you have carried us to. We thank you for purpose behind our placement here. 
And I pray that no single person this morning leaves without taking a next step. And that every next step will help glorify you. Every next step will be like seasoning that's added to the city that we find ourselves in. That enhances, that helps bring about shalom in a small, unique way. God, I pray that this work that we begin, that you begin, we thank you that you are good to bring it about to completion. We thank you for this church and our heart to serve this city. We thank you for the people of this church. We've celebrated already the amazing ways they've stepped up and responded to needs. May we continue to do that as we seek the needs of our city. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Would you stand with me? Hey, what an amazing opportunity for us to serve San Antonio. Can we celebrate that? Opportunities are meant to be celebrated. And we're going to close out with this song, and afterwards in the lobby, we'll have opportunities for you to connect and continue to serve. Thank you so much for being the church that's faithful to the call of God to be a light of the world and salt to the earth. Let's sing together. Let's sing together. I need a rescue. I need a rescue. My sin was heavy. The chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the Join one of one of our groups out there uh, and dropping those bags off. We'll see you later. Have a blessed week.
I'm gonna be so 